مما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله قبير بما تعملون صدق الله العظيم For most respected elders and brothers in Islam, we had been speaking about those actions that will assist us on the day of Qiyamah. One of the stages that we have to pass on the day of Qiyamah is the bridge of Sirat. And we had spoken and we had given the description as mentioned in the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the bridge of Sirat. And one of the actions we were discussing was الَّذِينَ يَرْضُونَ بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَبِدِينِ اللَّهِ That that person who is happy with the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the decisions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he happily follows the commands of Allah, that person will be able to fly to the bridge of Sirat. And we also brought in the incident of Ibrahim wasalam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made him his khalil, he had made him his friend. Why? Because he was an embodiment of submission. And we had mentioned that today we have a problem which is called the submission problem. That we are not ready to submit to the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we had mentioned in detail the incident of Ibrahim al-Islam and his submission. But there's one point I wish to mention before I go to the next point. And there's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very beautifully depicts how qurbani takes place and how the sacrificial, how the sacrifice of animals takes place. And Allah says, وَالْبُدْنَ جَعَلْنَاهَا لَكُمْ We made these animals and bulls and cattle. They are so big. Compared to the size of this insan, outwardly it would seem that this animal will harm and hurt this insan. But Allah says, كَذَلِكَ سَخَّرْنَاهَا لَكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ That we have made this animal subservient to you. We made it such that in your hands this animal becomes such that you are in control. That sometimes the animal becomes wild. And obviously the laws of Sharia will come in how you deal with an animal that is wild, etc. But Allah is showing us that when an animal is becoming subservient, submitting to you, O insan, what is wrong with you that you cannot submit to the commands of Allah? That animal is submitting to you, Allah. So once this insan realizes that this animal, just as he has submitted to me, and I am controlling this animal, likewise also, I need to submit myself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that is in control of my life. Yes, we have to do what we have to do. But Allah is the one that is in control. And Allah knows what is best for us. Then you will see that satisfaction that will come into the heart. Then no matter what problems and difficulties a person may go through, but he knows at the end of at the end, he knows that there is someone else that is controlling everything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it come right. As long as you are happy with the decision of Allah. Now what is the reason? What are the reasons that we do not want to submit to the commands of Allah? Ibn al-Qayyim rahimullah has mentioned that there are two reasons. One is shahwat and the second one is shubhat. I only speak about the first one and that is shahwat. Shahwat means temptations. That because we have become free of our temptations, therefore we do not want to submit to the commands of Allah. Allah says very beautifully, 
in the Quran, Asaraita manittakhada ilahahu hawa. Have you not seen that person who has made his desires, he has made his temptations his God as we say. One is we are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we have to submit our desires to the desire of Allah. And one is you become a slave of your desires and your desires is put, is put before the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then as though you are worshipping your desires. Now as we know, it is an understood thing that everything that you want in this world you have to pay for. There's nothing for free. So many people they get caught up in scams. Easy way to make money. And then when they give their money in the end they get nothing back. Why? Because they haven't understood that there's nothing in this world that you will get for free. You have to pay for everything whether it's in cash or whether it's in kind or in whichever way you have to pay for it. And every person who buys something, he hopes to pay less and get more. He's hoping to pay less and he must get more. And when he's returning something, then what happens? He gives more and he pays less. A good example of this is when a person is buying foreign currency. You will see they will have two prices there. A buying price and a selling price. When you go to buy the, the foreign currency, you pay a higher price. You go back and you're giving the same currency back. Same thing back, but you're getting less. So man, when he makes a loss in business or anything, then you say, I burnt my fingers. I don't want to do it again. But why don't we use the same philosophy when it comes to sin and going against the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because when a person sins, then the benefits may seem a lot. But compared to the harm that is caused, the benefits are very little. The benefits are much less. A person loses out on all the things that he's supposed to get. Why? Because obviously you are making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are displeasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it be woman, an addiction to woman, whether it be drugs, whether it be gambling, whether it be any other, other sins. Yes, the person will get the thrill. He will get some type of excitement, but he won't have any happiness. Happiness is born. So the first price that a person will lose with regards to sinning is the happiness in his life. You can say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all that happiness. It's all gone. And in place of that, you will have a life of misery. The person could be flying business class. He can be staying in five-star hotels also. But, if he's sinning, he's having an illicit relationship with someone, then despite all the luxury, outward luxury, there'll only be misery in his life. There'll be fear in his life. He'll be looking over his shoulder all the time. His wealth will go. Just to sustain that sin. Whatever sin it may be, whether it be woman, whether it be drugs, whether it be gambling, just to sustain that, that sin. Is it, he has to pay a high price. And in that process, he will lose his wealth, he will lose his health, he will lose his family, he will lose his honor and status that Allah has given him. Everything he will lose just because of that little bit of excitement and little bit of pleasure that he wants to get. An intelligent and sane businessman will say, it's not a good business deal. It's not a good business deal. What type of a business deal is this? So I'm losing out. 
So if you, a person who sins, we are speaking about one of the reasons why a person does not want to submit to the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is because of shahwat and temptations. He has become a slave of his shahwat and his temptations. But on the other hand, that person who suppresses his shahwat, he suppresses his temptations only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replace him with something better. Yes, you'll have to make some type of effort. You'll have to suppress himself. You'll have to hold himself back. But the end result is a good one. Ibn Qudama rahimahullah has written in his kitab al-Tawwabin an incident of a person whose name was Mahdi. And this person is used to live the life of sin. All night, all day he was only in sin. There's no namaz in his life. There's no obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his life. Nothing. But he had a slave girl who was very worried about him. She was a very pious girl and she was worried about him. And she's thinking of different ways how she, how she can get him to wake up as you say. Change his life. So one day while he was in his drunkenness and his stupor and he was Sleeping, so she lit a fire, a candle, and she burnt him. So when he got burnt, suddenly he got a shock. So he asked her, what's this? What is this? What are you doing? So she replied, Jamratum min nari dunya, This is just one spark of the fire of dunya. Just giving you a, just, I'm just giving you a taste of the spark of the fire of dunya. What are you going to do about the fire of the Allah says, Allah says the sparks of Jahannam are like big, big castles. What are you going to do there? This shook him up. And we, used to, and we need to appreciate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and different occasions Allah sends people to remind us. There's a reminder. And you either take the reminder or you don't take the reminder. So this was a reminder for him. Immediately he shook up, he woke up. He decided to change his life. Later on, great muhaddithun, like Sufyan bin Uyayna, who was a great muhaddith. And Fuzail ibn Iyaz, rahimallah, was known as Abidul Haramain. They decided to go and meet him. He decided to go and meet him. Now, Fuzil ibn Iyaz, just one point. Fuzil ibn Iyaz, rahimahullah, used to say, I just know that when, if by mistake, if I just happen to disobey Allah, I will see the signs of it on the things around me. My wife will start disobeying me, she start backchatting me also. My children will start disobeying me, the things around me, the workers, everything is going off. And I know I disobeyed Allah. I did something. He's mentioned. Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Haytami rahimullah has mentioned in his kitab al-Zawajir al-Iqtiraf al-Kabai. He has mentioned that Aisha radiallahu ta'ala she wrote to Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala and she told him that remember if you disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the hearts of everyone is in the control of Allah. You are saying people that are with you and your friends and those people who like you today will hate you tomorrow. Why? Because you are disobeying Allah, Allah will make their hearts dislike yours. So I was mentioning, I was mentioning about this Mahdi, Sufyan bin Uyayna, and Khuzayn ibn Iyaz went to meet him. 
Rahimullah. He went to meet him and he told him, listen here, it comes in a hadith, Sufyan bin Uyena Rahimullah told him, that it comes in a hadith that when a person leaves out sin for the sake of Allah, Allah will replace him with something else. What did Allah replace you with? So he replied, you see, I was living a life of luxury and sin, but I was always in depression. I was always in depression. But now that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after I made tawbah, istighfar and changed my life, I may be living a simpler life, but I'm living a life of contentment and happiness. Contentment and happiness. He said, that is what Allah gave me. And that is something you cannot buy. You can buy a bed, but you can't buy sleep. You can buy all the amenities, those are known as asbab. All the amenities you can buy. But you can't buy all those ni'mas and those bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives. You can have wealth, but you can't, have, you can't buy contentment. Contentment is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you. That's when Nabi Sallallahu Richness and wealth, that is not real wealth. Real wealth is contentment of the heart. So that is one incident I mentioned. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replaced him with someone when you suppress your nafs. When you want to commit that sin. There's so many incidents, incident of Yusuf alayhi salam, incident of Sulaiman alayhi salam mentioned in the Quran. The incident of Sahaba radiallahu who gave up everything from Makkah to Mukarramah and went to Medina to Munawara. What Allah replaced them with? I'll just mention one more incident. A Sahabi, even though this rewind is a little weak, but the lesson is very profound, which Muhaddisun have mentioned. Ibn Qudama rahimahullah has mentioned this incident also. There was a person by Sa'alaba bin Abdul Rahman. He was a youngster at the age of 16 years old. He accepted Islam. He was in the service of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi Sallallahu used to send him for errands. And on one occasion he was walking. And he happened to pass one of the houses. Now in those days they never had doors like how we have doors. They just had curtains over the doors. So it was a windy day and the curtain just moved. And his eyes fell on a lady that was bathing. So obviously a youngster in that age, and now obviously his mind started running. And he's looking at this lady and then suddenly he realized that, you know, I'm doing something wrong. That is the barakah and the blessings of sitting in pious company. The barakah and sitting in pious company is that a person is alerted. He's alerted regarding the wrongs that a person does. So immediately he thought to himself, imagine if Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has to find out now, Allah has to send an ayat and verse and reveal it regarding me, I'm finished. He walked away. He walked away, not just walking away, he decided, I cannot face Nabi Sallallahu I'm a sinful person, I cannot face Nabi Sallallahu And he went away into the mountains. He hid himself. Nabi Sallallahu saw that he wasn't coming. He asked the Sahaba to look for him, they can't find him. He is a going. After quite a few days, Nabi Sallallahu said, you need to go to the wilderness, find out what. According to some narration, Jibreel alayhi salatu comes to Nabi Sallallahu and tells him that the Sahabi is in a certain place. He goes, he sends Umar and he sends another sahabi that go and bring him. This sahabi is brought to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says, first question is asked, Ya Rasulullah, did Allah send any verse regarding me? Did Allah send any verse regarding me because I'm a sinful person, I've committed sin? Nabi sallallahu tried to pacify him, he told him about all those verses where Allah forgives your sins. As long as you regret, Allah will forgive you. 
Every time I'm telling him to go home, he goes home, he gets very, very sick. He's still out of the fear of Allah and he still he got very, very sick. Sahaba Ranum told Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is sick, he goes, Nabi Sallallahu goes there to visit him. Nabi Sallallahu places his head on his lap, he's about to go, he moves his head away. Nabi Sallallahu asked him, why are you moving your head away? He says, Ya Rasulullah, I'm a very cynical person. I, I, I, I, I'm not fit to put my head onto your lap. I'm not fit to put my head onto your lap. And then after that, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi still put it back and then he passed away. In his janazah, Nabi Sallallahu was tiptoeing. Sahaba Ranum asked him, Ya Rasulullah, you saw you tiptoeing. Why are you tiptoeing? He says, you do not know. There are so many malaika here for his janazah. There is no place to stand. Now see, when you give, when you suppress yourself for the sake of Allah, Allah gives you that honor also. Allah gives you that position also. So the lesson that we learn during these days of qurbani, just take that, that animal has submitted himself to you. We need to submit ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the reasons I mentioned why we're not submitting is that because we have become slaves of our passions and we have become slaves of our temptations. So we spoke about this point of temptations that we need to suppress our temptation. We, we're not allowed to succumb to our, our temptations and go against the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala make us His true servants and His pious servants. الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على سلام حي على صلاه حي على القلاه حي على القلاه الله اكبر الله اكبر لا اله الا الله الحمد لله القائل يا أيها الذين أمنوا كنوا في السلم كافة ولا تتميوا قدوات الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمد عبده ورسوله الذي أرسل إلى الناس كافة بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فيا أيها الناس أنسيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون وقد قال تبارك وتعالى يا أيها الذين أمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا وقد قال تبارك وتعالى يا أيها الذين أمنوا اتقوا الله وذروا ما بقي من الربا إن كنتم مؤمنين وقد قال تبارك وتعالى يا أيها الذين أمنوا اتقوا الله وابتغوا إليه الوسيلة وجاهدوا في سبيله لعلكم تفلحون فقال تبارك وتعالى يا أيها الذين أمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين صدق الله العظيم بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم إنه تعالى جواد كريم ولكم الرؤوف الرحيم
الحمد لله القائل والسابقون الاولون من المهاجرين والانصار والذين اتبعوهم باحسان رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عن وعدنهم جنات التي تحتها الانهار خالدين فيها ابدا ذلك الفوز العظيم ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا مولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصيما فإنه لا يدل إلا نفسه ولا يدل الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم محمد رسول الله والذين معه أشداء وللكفار رحماء بينهم تراهم ركعا سجدا يبتغون يبتغون فضلا من الله ورضوانا سماهم في وجوههم من أثر السجود ذلك مثل في التراء ومثلهم في الإنجيل كزرع أخرج شطعه فآزره فاستغلظ فاستوى على سوقه يعجب الزراء ليغيظ به في الكفاب وعد الله الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات من مقرة وجرا عظيما وقد قال النبي صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذ برضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فبغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه والمعافاه الدائمه في الدين والدنيا والاخره والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني اذكركم واشكروني ولا تنكرون استدني السفس Sen şöyle şöyle biz şu çapa olsa konuşalım. Allahu Ekber. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin Ar-Rahmanirrahim Maliki Yuhlidin İyyâke na'budu ve iyâke nestaîn İhdin sıratun müstakîm sıratun lezîle namte aleyhim gayrın mevzubi aleyhim ve nefzâdîn هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يوميذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يوميذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمالق مسقوفة وزرابي مبسوسة الله سمع الله من حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر 
الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين افلا ينظرون الى الابن كيف خلقت والى السماء كيف رفعت والى الجبال كيف نصبت والى الارض كيف سطحت فذكر انما انت مذكر لست عليهم بمصيطر الا إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله سمع الله من حمده الله الله أكبر അസ്സലാമ ഹമ്മദ ولا مريض الا شفيته ولا حاجه من حوائج الدنيا والاخره لا تريد يا رحم الراحمين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سمعت وحبيبك محمد صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما سمعت وحبيبك محمد صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم انت المستعان ولك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان ربك العزه عما يصفون سلام على المرسلين الحمد